Welcome everybody, thank you for joining us here on the Infinite Prosperity Podcast. My name is Louisa Havers and I help high achievers, entrepreneurs and coaches lift the lid on life and business so that they can live at their highest value. Each episode we will bring you our favourite founders, CEOs and guest experts to share with you their insights and strategies to expand your wealth consciousness, your spiritual leadership and aligned business strategies. We know that living in alignment with your soul's mission is what fulfills you and we're here to show you how to achieve this in an energetically aligned way. If you haven't already, be sure to claim your free abundance activation in the Akashic Records. Go to louisahavers.com forward slash gift to unlock your abundance activation today. And if you'd like my support in having aligned success in life and business, then contact me at www.louisahavers.com and let's explore together if it's an aligned match. Get ready to live at your highest value and to expand into your next level of money as you elevate and receive more. You create more for others. Righty-ho, let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive in, I'd love to give a shout out to our sponsor, Joan Diago. Joan is the CEO of Dare to Shine. Joan helps coaches, healers, and spiritual guides create or expand their dream healing business. And you can check Joan out at joandargo.com. We'll pop her link in the show notes below. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Oh, we have got a great conversation today. We're going to be talking about digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and creating a million-dollar business. And I'm so excited to be joined by our guest, Michelle Nedlek. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for our conversation. So I'm going to just uh, give everybody a little bit of, you know, the highlights of who you be um, so that they they uh, can, can get to know you and then, then we'll dive in. So Michelle is a best-selling author, international speaker and co-founder of Awareness Strategies, her digital marketing tech company. As a company, they have helped driven entrepreneurs to add a million dollars to their revenue through the four pillars of scaling strategy, system support and state of mind. Oh, I love it. Please. I love how you said here. It says, please welcome Michelle Nedelec. Say it quickly and you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I felt so crazy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us, Michelle. I always love to start our conversations because I'm just so curious about how people get to where they are. Like, you know, how have you always been an entrepreneur? How did you start your how did you start your journey? Well, I started when I was 23 with not one but three businesses all north of the Arctic Circle which I do not recommend you do ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, my, my first foray into the whole entrepreneurial world was a huge lesson on what not to do, <laughs> um, which is a long and painful stride, let me tell you. So uh, I wouldn't recommend you do it the way I did it in the early years, but I highly recommend you do it the way that I did it in the later years because doing business in, with digital marketing as an asset doing it with the right mindset, doing it with uh, enabling support and team to be able to uh, push you in the right direction makes a huge difference. And, you know, business can be fun and exciting and interesting. And does it have it ups and downs? Yes, it does. Absolutely. But you don't need to make them. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to try and get out of the way as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
it can be like a roller coaster, can't it? If we if if we don't have those pieces of the puzzle that you were talking about, as I as I was reflecting on your four pillars, I was like, that yeah, that's is everything that you need, isn't it? And to be able to grow grow the business, and I think you know businesses grow and evolve over time, and different pieces of those pillars are going to require different tweakings along uh, uh, along the way. I'm sure you see that with your with your clients. Oh, absolutely. So the one thing that I think most people don't realize about business is it is an ever evolving kind of situation. And as we build our businesses and we grow, we then have bigger and greater aspirations and different things that we want to do. So then that creates whole new issues and problems (laughs) unto itself, which is super fun. So, I mean, people think that there's this point where they get there and it's kind of a misnomer because you never really get there. Once you've got to that place that you wanted to get, you now can see further places. And sometimes it, it ravels out so fast in front of us or unravels so fast in front of us that we don't really see and acknowledge the, the stepping stones and the successes that we have achieved. And part of the problem is we have to acknowledge those successes. Sometimes other people do it for us, but the faster we can do it for ourselves, the better and easier that business becomes because there's an actual trigger in our head that will recognize the things that we focus on. And when we focus on our successes, then they become easier and more effortless. Mm, Music to my ears. It's so true. So true. Being able to take that, that pause to, to be able to really say, well done, even when like, well done for keeping going when things are tricky. (laughs) sometimes waking up in the morning is a yay did it (laughs) yeah this this conversation reminds me um you know i haven't done this for a while because covid put a stop to it but i'm feeling like this is the kind of the universe giving me a sign to to bring it back which was i used to go out for dinner once a month with a, a fellow entrepreneurial friend to do that to celebrate and there would be times when that celebration dinner was more like we're we're here we made it <laughs> we survived a tough month right but it's important because there's so much growth within those perhaps more sticky moments well and I think it's actually more important during the down times that you do celebrate your successes because it's really some people will say it's easy to celebrate your successes on the way up because it's easy to acknowledge and it's easy to find them Whereas on the way down, and there will be downs, I mean, you look at any financial charts, any given business, there are ups and downs, and that's just the way it goes. And so acknowledging the successes during the down times is the harder part, but that's where we train our brain how to find those things. Because it's when when we're on a perceived downward trend, most people will say silly things to themselves like, oh, I'm failing. I screwed it up. I didn't do it right. I blah, 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 blah. And none of that is true. It's chaos precedes order all the time. Every time it has to, you can't renovate your bedroom without taking all your matches in your bed and throwing it in the hallway. (laughs) And you have a complete and total disaster while you go and do things. And then you put it all back together the way you want it. And it's changed and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful in this new state. And you couldn't have got there without creating the dishevel in the first place. So in understanding that as we grow and build, we have to dishevel things to some extent. So it's it's going to go down. It's going to seem like mayhem. It's going to seem like something went wrong. It's going to seem like, 
oh, my biggest client quit on me. This sucks. That's 80% of my income. Now everybody's scrambling and losing their minds. And if you're losing your mind in that moment, you don't see the opportunities that exist. And for the most part, those moments of chaos is when the opportunity can come in so that you can recreate the order the way you wanted it to. Because if you're honest with yourself, you probably weren't having a whole lot of fun with that client. Anyways, they probably weren't having a whole lot of fun with you. And there's a better way to build the business that makes it more fun for everyone. And that uh, as you're succeeding after that point, then you can, it becomes a jumping point. So you go, okay, we got rid of that one, but you know, that's an opportunity for four more clients that are paying maybe slightly less, but they're creating more stability and they're a lot more fun to work with. And then you create the systems in place to handle that. And now you can handle four more of those, which you wouldn't have been able to do with that one giant client. And that's just an example of kind of the circumstances that we need to be able to see when that's happening. So when we train our brain to see the successes during the times of chaos, we also learn to see the opportunities that exist. Oh, it's so true. So, so true. I think I see this a lot. For so many people, we forget to do that, that piece of, yay, I'm still standing, or whatever it might be, <laughs> exactly. to, to be able to um, allow ourselves to amplify that, that feeling of gratitude. Because when we are in gratitude, we can then see that see the see the opportunities it's easier to create isn't it from that space rather than the the fear that can can step in if things aren't going smoothly like you were saying that one of your pillars is the state of mind which is like yeah that's absolutely key to any entrepreneurial entrepreneur success yeah absolutely well it was kind of fun I was having an interview uh, a couple of days ago with a gentleman who read a book um by whoever developed LinkedIn all of a sudden my brain went poof gone um but whoever developed LinkedIn he said if you're if you're waiting until your product is perfect before you deliver it you've waited too long and I thought that was brilliant and I really wish I had that, you know 20 years earlier um because it's it's that kind of mindset that we can't get on our own without other people who have done it, been there, bought the t-shirt telling us, hey, this, the way you're thinking right now, it seems perfectly logical. It seems perfectly logical that you would wait until your systems and your products are perfect to bring them out to, to mm. the world, but it's not in the business sense. And the problem is that the rules of entrepreneurship are completely 180 from what they were as an employee. So everything that made us successful as an employee will create our failures as an entrepreneur. We have to be able to get rid of those thoughts of, you know, if I do what everybody's expecting of me, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to get 100% of my exam and I get to move to the next level. One, that there's a next level. Two, <laughs> that there's this external circumstance that and it's like, no, that's not the way it works. And you have to start to recognize what are the 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 limits or the boundaries or the assumptions that I have on how to create success, flip them upside down in their heads and go, okay, this is probably what it is. Um, but there are ways of knowing because there's a lot of really successful entrepreneurs out there. And a lot of them are very prolific as to how they got to where they are. So it's not that hard to find the information, but we have to be willing to look. 
Yeah, that's so true. I love what you were saying around just flip everything you learned from being an employer on its head. <laughs> that really resonated because I can remember having those experiences earlier on as, as when I when I'd left my employment days and started up my own business and suddenly realizing it things are different and it didn't quite matter if you know uh, how you used to have to hand in your, your your reports as it were and they would have to be all completely 100% perfect otherwise your job could be on the line whereas you know your job your job's going to be on the line so to speak if, if you're not getting out there <laughs> and uh putting your big you know brave pants on and and and, and getting on with it right so yeah, even the reports for the clients done is the new perfect. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> it's more important that they have something in their hands than that it was perfect because you can always go, oh yeah. And on line 28, we discover something else and, you know, scratch that out and put this there. And, mm -hmm. and that's fine. It's, but if they didn't have it in the first place, it would be kind of worse off. So it's, it's deciding one, what is important and how do you position that client in the first place? So you know, one, if you're not a reports person, <laughs> find somebody who is yes. or position your clients such that you're not giving them reports every month. And depending <laughs> on what you do, you may think that it's important because of the role that you had before, but it might not be important at all. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Tell us a little bit about, you know, that your four pillars and how you're helping people with, with, with scaling, because scaling is a, it's a buzzword, isn't it? Um, so I'd love to hear your take on take on this. Absolutely. So first of all, for semantics, I think it's important to understand that I think there's basically four stages of business. One is your startup stage. It's really fun. It's exciting. Nobody knows what's going on. You're throwing things against the wall, seeing what sticks. It's a very creative, very chaotic state, which most entrepreneurs love to be in that state. Once they figured it out and they have something that works and you need to do the same thing over and over again, that's your growth state. And that growth state tends to be very boring for most entrepreneurs. And that's where they tend to blow it up and self-sabotage because they're not willing to be bored <laughs> with doing the same thing over and over again, which is really a good indication that it's a good time to sell your business if that's kind of where you're at or figure out how do we you know, get through the growth stage and then into the scaling stage. But if you're bored in the growth stage, you're definitely going to be bored in the scaling stage because- once you've honed in on all of your systems and, and how everything works and it works like a fine Swiss watch, then you can scale it because then at that point, you're pretty much just throwing money at the problem in order to be able to get more of the same thing because you have a very predictable system in place. And that's usually where your angel financing comes in and all that kind of fun stuff where it's kind of tough decisions as to how you acquire money, how much you want to acquire and why you want to acquire it. If the purpose is exit, which is the fourth strategy, then it tends to be a lot easier, but there's certain things you got to put in place in order to be able to make that happen. So in the, in the exit session of your business, a lot of people think, oh, the exit's just signing the contract and I'm done. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that unto itself can be a five-year process. And you need to understand kind of what that exit strategy entails and how it goes out. So those are my kind of definitions of the stages of business. So it's not so much a buzz, but I think a lot of people are misinterpreting it because they're, they're telling people to scale before they've even gone through this, <laughs> the startup phase. They don't know what works. They don't have a clue what works. And if you scale what doesn't work, all you're doing is throwing money at something that doesn't work, which is a very expensive way of trying to build a business 
which many people have done, and we call it the bonfire of ads uh, without the marshmallows, and it's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's really very long. I've done the bonfire of of ads without the marshmallows, and I can, yeah, concur. It is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) And it is that thing of, um, I always say to to my clients, you know, if you whatever you scale, you scale. So if you've got a problem, you're just going to scale the problem. You know, need to get it fixed. You want to make sure you're scaling what you want want to scale. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes absolutely. Sense. So, I mean, it's it's easy enough to kind of see when you on when you when you're looking at it in this light, you start to go, oh, I get it. So, this part of my business, this is functioning and this is awesome. We're we're in the growth stage here. So, you can have different aspects of your business being in different stages mm-hmm. of business, which is also kind of weird. But when you can see it. It makes it that much easier to understand where you need to focus and what needs to improve as opposed to going, the business needs to change um, because that's a much more difficult way of looking at your, of your issues. Yeah. So you're saying, what I'm hearing is that you're saying you, you can keep the bits that you love and that are working and then just focus on the other bits that are perhaps like a bit sticky and, and need to need, need to grow. Absolutely. I really want to ask you, do you have, because I know you, you you work with entrepreneurs, do you have favorite types of entrepreneurs to work with in different <laughs> types of businesses or is it everybody? <laughs> well, and, and it's, um, I do have, I, I'm in an interesting kind of juxtaposition mm-hmm. because I do particularly like working with people that have a skill set in some area and, and just don't understand the kind of the business side of things, but they're super good at what they do. But that can go across the board from trades to professional services, to hospitality, to like, it almost doesn't matter what the industry is, but if they're willing to look at their business as somewhat pragmatic and, you know, what are the practical things here? Even if you hate the practical aspects of things, (laughs) then it can be a lot easier to be able to understand that, oh, this is just a change I need to do in my business. This isn't a statement about me or who I am as an individual. It's it's just business. Mm-hmm. And being able to look at it from that angle and and being able to play with it like it's a game and, and shuffle a few things around makes it a lot easier to be able to make quick impact on the business. At the same time, the and we do have a lot of fun with our, our more... Um, Oh, what a creative individuals <laughs> who really like to just get out there and finger paint and do whatever it's like and I don't want any of the pragmaticness of business and that's okay but you gotta let me do the pragmaticness of the business then <laughs> like, and usually they're pretty good with that so we have a lot of fun there too someone's got to do it haven't they exactly <laughs> Oh, so I'd love to I'd love to know so we've got the strategy system support and and state of mind um, what do you find out, find with the state of mind is one of the biggest hurdles, blocks for people as they're growing to that next milestone, growing to that million dollar, million dollar yeah. business? Well, and a lot of times, first off, it's the the plan. They, they don't have a plan to get there. Mm. And as simple as it sounds, that was probably one of the first things I did learn in business because when I was back being 23 and silly and starting up three <laughs> businesses, um, one of the things we did was we got a loan from the BDC and the BDC is basically an organization that um, 
<laughs> loans money and um, not sure if they're government tied or not. But one of their things is when they loan money, they they assign a coach to the account. So they're working with you. And then one of the questions that he asked me was, so how much do you think the business is going to make? And I said, I don't know. I've never run a business before. And he goes, well, you guys bought this business. I said, well, yeah, but my spouse <laughs> bought the business. Did he get any paperwork and all that kind of stuff? And he goes, well, things have changed and uh, they had government contracts and the government wasn't there anymore and blah, blah, blah. So we have to go and and refinagle that. And it occurred to me that it was like, we're just making this up, right? He goes, well, kind of, yeah, but it's the direction that we're going. <laughs> and the poor guy was just like, how are you going to do that? How? And I'm looking at him like, how do you guys function <laughs> lending money to people that are making stuff up all the time? But eventually I got on track and I was like, oh, okay, I get what we're doing here. And it, but it seemed really airy fairy to me, like just pick a number of the sky and that's how much you're going to make. And I was like, this is ridiculous. How do you run a business on this? But it's true. You have to have a little bit of pie in the sky going on in order to be able to kind of figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. Now, people call that visionaries now, and, and it's a little bit more of a pragmatic name for it, um, but it still eludes a lot of people because it's, it is very much just kind of go into your own head, imagine, fantasize, do some things so that you can see what the possibilities are without the limitations of reality on it. And then going and looking at that business and going, okay, so now pragmatically, how do we reverse engineer it and, and go through it? And then how do we get the naysayer in your head out of the way so that you can do it? Because a lot of times we come up with a fantastic plan and then like, oh, that's not going to work because of this. Oh, that's not going to work because of that. It's like, you haven't even tried anything <laughs> You're in your head. And, you know, has anybody else done it this way? And has it succeeded? Yes. Okay, then odds are pretty good that you can do it too. And sometimes it's just what we need to be able to kind of change the naysayers into cheerleaders in our head or be so naive that we don't realize that there's a possibility of failure there and run with that idea in order to be able to bring it to fruition and understanding that when you bring something to fruition, it's not it's not like a puzzle or a Lego piece. It's not going to look like the one on the box. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you set this idea up and you, you create the box and you go, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And you go inside and you start to build it. And it doesn't turn out that way exactly. And a lot of people get really upset and offended by that and go, see, it didn't work. But it did work. It worked awesomely. You got exactly what you really needed and wanted, just not the way you thought it was going to transpire. And there's an element of letting go that we need to understand in this whole process as well, is that just because it's not exactly the way we wanted it to be, doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm. It doesn't mean that we failed. It just means that there's something else there, like I mentioned earlier, that we might have to put some more consideration in that we have to think about a little bit more as to how we're going to do this. So a lot of people will go, oh, and I'm going to hire a VA and they're going to do everything for me. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to work. Your <laughs> <Portal laughs> VA, depending on what kind of, and virtual assistant is like the epitome of, I don't know what right now, um, because somebody will have an, uh, you know, a, a fractional CFO and they'll call it their VA. And it's like, Okay, and that's not a, v <laughs> not a virtual <laughs> assistant. An assistant is somebody that assists you in your job. And then the, above and beyond that, there's the tech support you need, the financial services support that you need 
there's going to be the legal support that you need. There's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be part of your team that may be virtual, but they're not virtual assistants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better wrap your head around that. And, and if you really want to build a million dollar business, you're going to have to understand the different personality types and the different job descriptions that you have. Somebody that takes care of your digital systems needs to have digital competencies. You can't just hire somebody that and go, hey, go learn this. I mean, you could, but you're going to fail for a very long time while they're failing trying to figure out what's going on, which is not bad. The two of you will learn together, but it's going to take a lot longer than if you find the person that actually knows and understands, even though you don't know and understand what they're doing, to be able to put the right people in place to be able to do the things that you need to get done faster. So there's kind of a lot of complexities to it, but it really does come back to that whole idea of everything you thought you knew, flip it upside down, and that's probably the way it's going to go. So if you think one person's going to take care of it, you probably need five. If you think that you're going to do it on your own, you're probably never going to do anything on your own. Uh, your business needs you. It probably doesn't need you. And in fact, it probably run better without you. But you still need to be the visionary that kind of puts all the pieces together and says, hey, how do we want to make this happen? Oh, Michelle, you make me laugh. This is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's so true. As I'm sure the listeners are chuckling along as well, because as you were sharing that, I was like, yeah. I think as I think about my journey to, to the growth that we've created so far, there have been so many um, things that have evolved in different ways to what I thought that they 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 would. Um, and one of the things I am grateful for is from the experience I had when I was an employee, but I was building businesses within the business, if that makes sense, because I was um, you know, commissioning services and, and all those lovely things and running operations. And so I was like, this was really good stomping ground for being an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. And, and a lot of people misconstrue that too and think that everything they did as an employee is now done and now they have to do something completely different. Mm -hmm. That's not true at all. Everything that you have in life is an awesome foundation for everything that you're going to have moving forward and the good and the bad. So mm -hmm. people think just because he came from an abusive relationship, they think they're broken. They can't do anything. And like, are you kidding? Do you have any idea how good you would be at like <laughs> at change management or at, you know, um, conflict resolution or like yes. there are certain skill sets that you gain along the way, regardless of what happened and how it happened to be able to then take that as a footing to move forward and, and garner some, um, uh, you know, go other places with it. And a lot of times people will end up doing things in business that they didn't even know were potential for making money. <laughs> and it's like, people pay for this. I'm like, yes, yes, they do. They pay a lot because that's a skill or that's an experience nobody else wants to go through. <laughs> you happen to go through it and they're going to pay you a lot to be able mm -hmm. to take that knowledge and then use it to their advantage. Yes, absolutely. It, it, you're reminding me of something that I speak about a lot, which is, you know, the obstacle becomes the way where you're able to then, yeah, turn, turn all those experiences that might have been very, very painful um, to be able to make an impact and, and, and help other people. I would love to know, I'm sure you kind of, some of this might feed into this anyways, um, but just thinking about, you know, everything you've kind of shared, what would you say are the top three things that you 
you think entrepreneurs need to know to be able to grow to creating that million dollar business? Absolutely. One is that you have what it takes to be able to do that. That's primary. Absolutely. You need to know that like it is solid, you know, (laughs) plant that flag on, on stone and know that you have what it takes to be able to do that. Two, creativity and, and the pragmatic aspect of life is kind of the art and science of business, which both are fantastic. And whatever kind of attributes you have and that you bring to that table are perfect. And, you know, you can find somebody else that compliments you, or you can figure out how to do the other side of it. Neither one is better than the other and, and just be able to play with it. And third, keep going when you think that you should stop. <laughs> and I'll tell you how many times at the 11th hour, so kind of funny. So, and maybe it's just because that was one of my things was to stop just at the 11th hour. Uh, we went, my partner and I went climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and we were uh, in the last leg of the journey. It, we start at midnight and we climb up this hit straight up almost uh, to the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the ridge at six o'clock in the morning. So you can see the sun come up and it's mm-hmm. gorgeous and epic. But we had to climb up this gravel that you climb up once, slide down, climb up, slide down, climb up, slide down. We're doing this for six hours. And after about, you know, five and a half hours of it, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm sick of this. I'm not getting anywhere. It's pitch black, like pitch black. You can't see two feet in front of you. And, and it felt like I was getting nowhere because the entire time there was lights above us and lights below us because everybody's got the lights on their heads so that they can see the ground where they're walking. <laughs> see the gravel. And so five and a half hours of this kind of stepping up and sliding down, step up and sliding down. I felt like Sisyphus <laughs> just doing the same thing over and over again. And I was done. And Brad looks at me, goes, you did not drag me halfway around the planet. Stop now. I went, well, that's true. What am I going to do? Go back and sit and wait for him to finish and tell me what it was like. That's not going to happen. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, we'll do this. And poor Sherpa's like, and we go? And I said, yeah, and we go. <laughs> so, and we go and we kept doing the thing and it was fine. We get there to the top and we do all the celebrations and all the stuff coming down. And I realized how often I do that in business and everything is like, if I had just waited, you know, that one more thing, that just that little push to the end. And the problem is oftentimes I can't see my end, Mm -hmm. but I need to find somebody who can see my end to be able to go, okay, is, am I like trying to feed a dead horse or like, are we doing something here? Um, and to be able to get that feedback from somebody else is paramount to, to keep pushing when you think there's nothing left in the gas and knowing the difference between when it's really time to quit and when it's time to push harder to the finish line. And uh, that is a crucial area that will cost a lot of money if you don't get that assistance mm. to, to figure that one out. So true. Such w- wisdom coming coming from you, Michelle. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can spend so much energy kind of staying in that inertia, trying to kind of figure something out if we haven't got that, that, that guidance. Right. Or fear will drive the decision rather than being able to make that assessment if you like. Oh, I could talk to you all day. Uh, do let our listeners know where, where can they find you, come into your world, get all your things, hang, hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. So the uh, LinkedIn, 
is obviously a great one, but I would love to give your audience a gift if that's all right. Thank you. Yes, please. So it starts off with um, going to the Stop the Leaks, which is a little bookmark that uh, you can print off, obviously, if you're somewhere else around the world. And, and just a little reminder of seven step, seven areas in digital marketing where people are losing money because uh, oftentimes traditional marketing is referred to as uh, compared to Italian cooking. As long as you have some awesome, fresh ingredients and amazingness, you can put together an amazing dish. Whereas digital marketing is kind of compared to French cuisine, where if you stir it just a little too long or you have it at the wrong temperature, everything goes and die. <laughs> so it is miserably uh, frustrating when you're doing it wrong. But when you do it right, it is epic and awesome. So uh, just making sure that you have some of these things in place. So we go through the seven common areas where business owners are leaking money in their uh, digital marketing. And from there, you'll get another link where you can get the PDF, which breaks it down even further. And you can understand a little bit more of what's going on. And from there, you'll get invited to a monthly masterclass that I'm doing on different areas to be able to understand a little bit more about um, digital marketing and business and growing your million dollar business. And you'll also get a chance to ask Q&A questions at that. And at the end of that, I'll have opportunities for you, depending on where you want to go with it. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I think everyone's going to be like, right, how do I download that? So we'll pop the link in the in the show notes for, for all the platforms so that people can can grab that. It's so generous. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me, Michelle. It's just been a joy to have this conversation with you, to hear more about all your wisdom and anecdotes and all the things, just really bringing it to life. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. It's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Until next time, we will see you all very soon. Sending you all lots and lots of love. Thanks for listening to the Infinite Prosperity podcast. And if you like what you've heard and want to know more, please go to louisahavers.com. We just appreciate you so much. So thank you for listening and hanging out with us. If there's anything that we can do for you, you can email us at louisa at louisahavers.com. Let my team know if you have any ideas for shows that you'd love to hear or topics you want me to talk about. Really looking forward to hearing from you. All right, that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for today. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, namaste.